I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 187 in which I'm a little bit older, but maybe not wiser. And I'm recording this on Sunday, August 30th, 2015. Um, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, and I'm really amazed that I've actually gotten two out two weeks in a row. That's very exciting for me at this moment. Um, I will start with just a brief reminder about the Banned Books Week Challenge. Remember, you can go on my blog, and what I'll probably do is relink that blog uh, post to the show notes to this episode, because I know it's been a while since we put that up there. Uh, But the Banned Books Week Challenge is the one that Tanisha and I, Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom Podcast, are co-hosting again this year. Uh, I think we're on year four if I recall, so make sure you're paying attention to that. There will be prizes involved, and it'll be fun. Uh, Sandy update is really pretty much all this episode's going to be. I don't have much content beyond that. I don't have really any content beyond that. So my Sandy update is that, yes, indeed, I turned 50 this past week. My birthday was on Wednesday. Um, And the way the birthday works out is there tends to be a sequence of events. (laughs) For some reason, it's just always happened this way, Uh, partly because it is at the end of the summer, which means we're kind of fitting things in among a lot of other things. So um, earlier in the summer, my husband and I took a vacation together that he had designated as sort of my 50th birthday trip, which meant to me I wasn't going to get a gift for my birthday, but then he still gave me a gift for my birthday. So it was more just kind of an excuse to take a vacation. And I was okay with that. We had gone to Nova Scotia uh, earlier this summer. I don't really remember when, July, I think, or June. (laughs) I really remember being there. I just don't remember what the calendar was when we were there. Uh, In any case, that was a very nice vacation. Um, And then last weekend, I had mentioned in my last podcast episode that uh, he had whisked me away for an overnight. That was kind of a pre-birthday celebration. And then on Wednesday, my actual day, our, the city public market has once a month a food truck rodeo. And it happened to be on Wednesday on my birthday. And so I decided that would be a fun, casual way to celebrate my birthday. So I had sent out a Facebook message to... Um, various my sisters and nieces and nephews and such on my side of the family and they met us over there as well as my husband's brother and one of my friends there was maybe 10 of us I think all in if I I haven't counted I didn't do a head count while we were there um but the food truck rodeo is basically an, in our public market area it's got to be something like 20 food trucks maybe even more um and they have bands that come in and you bring your lawn chairs and you set up. Some people actually bring in tables and place settings and everything. They really do it up. We just, this time we managed to bring lawn chairs. The last two times I've gone, this was only my third time at the food truck rodeo over the last couple of years. And the last two times we hadn't brought any chairs with us. We were um, just kind of standing up. They do have some bleachers in one area 
which the very first time I went, which was just with my nephew and his girlfriend, we just sat on the bleachers. Um, it was actually last fall because the food truck rodeo goes into October. And so it was last fall and it was kind of cool out and a little bit damp, but the bleachers were in kind of a protected area. So it was comfortable enough to sit there and it wasn't that crowded because it was cool and damp out. Um, and we mostly ate the world's best apple cider donuts that I have ever had. Every The couple of times we've gone back to Food Truck Rodeo, we keep looking for the, the apple cider donut guy and he's not there. Um, so we're going to try to go again this coming October and see if maybe he's just a fall thing. Um, but man, those are good donuts. <laughs> that was one time that, yes, I ate dessert first. Um, but in any case, the, the last time we went this year was in July and it was beastly hot, just brutally hot. And um, we did get to sit in the shade, but we were sitting right on the pavement, which of course had been baking all, all day. So it was, it was a pretty uncomfortable experience. And at that point, I had said to my daughter, if we come back to the food truck rodeo again, we are bringing us some lawn chairs, which meant, of course, we had to go out and buy some. I used to have lawn chairs back when my kids were playing Little League and we were, you know, quite routinely sitting on the sidelines of sports teams. But um, once the kids were kind of up and out of the house, we'd actually gotten rid of all of those chairs because they were in pretty bad shape by then and we hadn't replaced them. We really didn't have a need for it. So on Tuesday, knowing that we were going to the food truck rodeo on Wednesday, I texted my daughter saying, would you mind stopping at Target on your way home from work or Walmart, one of them, and picking us up some lawn chairs. <laughs> so we had brand new lawn chairs for the event. Um, but that that's always, it's just a very casual, fun night. Uh, the only thing I would do a little differently if I did it again is I would sit a little further away from the band because it was hard for us to really hear each other as we were sitting there chat chatting, but it, it was a nice evening. And then yesterday we had my husband's family over because my father-in-law and I share exactly the same birthday. And so we tend to do some sort of group event for the two of us. Um, now my father-in-law is at a point now uh, he's got a very rare form of Alzheimer's, which um, physically he's doing okay, but mentally he's kind of in and out of how much he's aware of what's going on. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say he's always aware of what's going on. It's it's difficult for him to make connections with what's going on. So we knew he wouldn't really get the idea that it was his birthday, but he knew he was with people and they were making a fuss over him and that was good. <laughs> so... Um, the whole family couldn't come, so we ended up with, again, maybe about 12 people. No, not even. I think I counted nine, but I bought for enough food for 10 or 11, which means we've got some leftovers. Um, and we just did, you know, grilled chicken. I had marinated the chicken in a wonderful lemon marinade. It was just squeezing a whole boatload of fresh lemon juice and then some olive oil, some chopped up onions, a little bit of garlic, fresh garlic, minced garlic, and then... I threw some rosemary sprigs in there. Um, did I say olive oil? That was kind of the binder. Um, if I were to do it again, I'd also throw in a lot of thyme and I'd probably put a lot more rosemary in because depending on where the chicken was in the marinade, it either tasted a little bit like rosemary or not. Uh, so anyway, it was a, a really good marinade. And because I knew I wanted to get some studying done Saturday morning, I had actually put the, marin the chicken in the marinade Friday night, which meant it had marinated not quite 24 hours, but you know, pretty close before it had gotten on a grill and it was incredibly moist and tender. So that was, that was really good. That was a brand new, I kind of, as I normally do, used a recipe and then messed with it. Um, 
So that's, I'm not going to post it on my blog or anything. You just got the recipe. Lemon juice, olive oil, onions, garlic, rosemary, and thyme. Um, I think if I did it again, I might throw, I have a lemon flavored balsamic vinegar in there that maybe I would throw in there just for a little bit of zing. It didn't have, even with the, with the fresh lemon juice, it wasn't, didn't have quite the complexity of flavor I would have liked. So that might be a change I would do next time. Anyway, um, so it was kind of a low key day and yet I was still on my feet most of the day. We had um, nothing planned for today and today was a big study day for me. So I spent, oh, at least six to seven hours just reading today. I really wanted to try to get to writing my paper, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still formulating. So there was one last book I really wanted to kind of get through and now I've really got to force myself to stop reading and just start the writing. Um, it's not due until a week from Monday. So that means it's quite possible I won't get a podcast out next weekend, depending on how much I've gotten done during the week before I get to the weekend. Um, so anyway, turning 50 hasn't really phased me that much. I'm not somebody who at this point in my life has really been all that stressed out over birthdays. Um, I will actually say because of the particular career I'm in, I was actually thrilled to finally turn 40 because people don't tend to take you seriously until you turn 40 um, as a leader and as a clergy person. So that I was one of my few friends that was like, yeah, I'm finally 40. Um, and it's true. People started looking at me differently and I had a little more legitimacy in their eyes for as right or wrong as that is. Um, it's actually wrong, but there it is. That's the way life is. Uh, turning 50, I, I guess the way I've been saying it to people who have asked me, so how does it feel turning 50? It's when I look at where I am today and what my life has been to date, it's really good. You know, it's just really, really good. Um, I just try not to think about the fact that the years I have left will be fewer than the years I've already had. Um, I'll just plan on spending those years really, really well. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I did, well, I've known for a little while, but this week I actually got myself back on the scale and yes, I absolutely need to get back on the wagon. You know, I, I knew I did. Um, I know I'm not practicing the best healthy habits right now, but just getting on the scale just confirmed for me. Yeah, I have put a couple of pounds back on this summer and I really, really need to not let that happen, especially having just turned 50 and all that comes with that in a woman's life. Um, so I'm, I'm really trying to get my head back around starting my eating really hadn't been that bad, except for the fact that I eat out a lot. Um, not so much now that I'm home, but you know, the whole time I was in Boston, I was eating in restaurants three times a day. And so that'll do a number on you, even if you're trying to make healthier choices. And I wasn't always trying to make healthier choices. My problem is when I get overtired. I get self-indulgent. And so that's kind of a big trigger point for me. So I'm trying to wrap my head back around that. Um, following our friend, the English Weight Watchers leader, Sue on Twitter is really helpful. I really appreciate her tweets. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get myself back into that. Doesn't help that now I have birthday cake in the house. <laughs> You know, it's just working against me. Um, I did get back to the gym for the first time today in months. Uh, it's always kind of sad, you know, when, when you've not been in your regular routine. It took me probably half an hour to find. All I take to the gym is my water bottle, my phone, and 
a pair of headphones that I use for my phone when I'm at the gym. They've got the hook that keeps them over your ear because earbuds do not stay in my ears in the gym. That's all I take with me. I had to find the water bottle. I had to find the earphones. <laughs> it took me a while to kind of pull it together um, and then get to the gym. And of course, when I got to the gym, I realized I hadn't put my Fitbit on this morning. <laughs> so all of those steps, you know, I they're just not registered. But that felt good. Um, it was fun to go back to listening to Zombies Run again. I went. I decided to go back and restart season three. I had never finished season three, and because my um, they just dropped season four, and I've already got it downloaded to my phone. But I decided before I start anything else, I couldn't even remember where I was at in season three, and so I decided I was going to go back and restart season three. So I've got quite a few episodes in front of me. Um, it did kind of throw me, though, that when they dropped season four, they also completely reworked the app. And so I was on the elliptical for a good 10 minutes. I was I was working out, but I was monkeying with my phone to try to get all my settings <laughs> put back together so it would link to my playlist and all that kind of stuff. I hadn't even crossed my mind to check that before I got to the gym. Um, so I think all in, I probably did about 45 minutes on the <laughs> on the elliptical, even though I only tracked about 30 of it. Um, Because I didn't start tracking it until I had my Zombies Run app going. Um, I did kind of look at, because I am having problems getting my motivation run. You know, it's, it's hard when I have to make the decision between do I spend my time reading and writing papers when I'm not, because I have to work, you know, that's, that's kind of a requisite time of day. Um, So it's before work, after work. Do I spend that time getting all the reading done or do I try to slide the gym in there? And, you know, so far my decision has been, I've got a lot of reading I've got to get done. But I also know if I don't attend to my health, um, things just won't go well <laughs> in general. So I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around getting back into a, a gym routine and eating healthy and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'd be curious, though, to get anybody's input my niece has been doing, um, I think she's doing Diet Bet. I'm not sure which actual website she's using, but she's doing one of these where you um, put in a certain amount of money to say you're going to lose X number of pounds or, or percentage or whatever, and anybody who does actually lose earns money back, and those who don't, you know, they, they lose that money, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and she's been quite successful and has actually earned a fair amount of money. Um, you, you know, we're not talking about quit your day job kind of stuff. We're talking about enough money to, I don't know, buy a shirt. Um, but I kind of started thinking, well, maybe that's what I need to sort of jumpstart my motivation again, just to do something different and new. Um, but then I got, <laughs> when I looked into it, um, I was looking at Diet Bet, D-I-E-T-B-E-T, all one word. And it's um, it's a website, but I think there's actually also an app that intersects with it. And what stopped me from doing it is you have to send, I think it's like a 30 second video of yourself standing on your scale with the the numbers of the scale and everything to prove that you're at where you say you are to do this bet. And supposedly that video um, is only seen by the actual diet bet website people. It doesn't go public, but boy, that just, I was like, oh, you know, my my very strong private side was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I really don't want to do that. And then the other one I looked into that I thought maybe wouldn't tweak my privacy issues is Gympact, which is G-Y-M-P-A-C-T. And that one, um, you bet against yourself, essentially, you bet towards yourself 
to go to the gym a certain number of times per week and you say you're going to put up so many dollars per week and you lose that money if you miss a day or you can earn that money based on the pool of all of the people who have made this bet, whatever. Um, what stopped me on that one, well, two things. One, I'm not always able to exercise in my own gym and it does, um, what you do is it geolocates you. So the first time you go to your gym, you, you turn it on so that it knows where your gym is. And then every time you go to your gym, it geolocates you and it knows then you've got, been to the gym. Um, but when I'm traveling out of town, I guess what I would do is just like, back out of the challenge that week or something. I guess there's a way to do that. But the other thing that, that worried me about that one is you have to put your credit card information in ahead of time because that's how the bets go on and off. And I just, I suddenly got really leery of my credit card information being out there, even though I shop online all the time. So I guess I'm just, you know, it's one of these things where I would just have to wrap my head around doing this kind of new thing for me. So I'm, I'm curious if any of you have either have done either of those, either the diet bet or the other one, healthy wages or something. There's another one that the, both of them are the same idea. And then gym pact. If you've done either of them and you've found it helpful or what, just let me know. I'd be interested in hearing what you think. Um, I'm kind of laughing at myself because one of the books I read for my coursework um, is on change and how to help people address change, but it addresses uh, motivational theory. It goes really deep into motivational theory and the psychology behind motivation. And um, it has this chart based on the information in the book about that you work through um, in terms of things you want to change. And it, of course, the, the book is mostly about leadership styles and how you interact with other people and everything, but the, the exact same information would, of course, work with weight loss and healthy habits. So I think what I'm going to do is make myself a couple of copies of that chart and work through it <laughs> in terms of why I can't wrap my head around making sure I'm eating more healthily. It doesn't work for me to just say, yeah, I'm really supposed to do this. You know, obviously, I know I'm supposed to do it. There's, there's more going on in my head than that. So I think I'm going to work through that chart. So if any of you are curious about you, about it, let me know and I'll let you know the name of the book. Um, again, it's primarily about leadership and change, but the motivational theory stuff was really good. Um, so on to quilty stuff. I have actually gotten just a little bit done this week. Um, actually, mostly last weekend I got some stuff done. Uh, but I have, during the week, I've tried to be a little more conscious of um, getting back to my embroidery at night as sort of a, you know, relaxation, stress reduction kind of thing. Uh, I have made a little bit of progress on the Jacob's Ladder, um, mostly because <laughs> as I was starting to cut the um, units that I thought I needed out of these new fat quarters that I had bought, which I talked about in my last episode, the ones that I'd had to track down at the show, all of a sudden I started second guessing my math and I realized <laughs> when I looked at what the math I had done, I realized that I don't think I was thinking at the time that you actually get two half square triangles out of each square set of squares that you cut and sew together. Um, it, here's the thing is I had actually been doing the math on that Jacob's Ladder design over a period of weeks with long gaps of time between it. And then it had sat for a while before I'd even started sewing it. And then it sat a while after I'd done the first set of units to do the second set of units. And I only made myself fairly sketchy notes <laughs> about my math. I, I basically got it down to a fairly large post-it note, which just had numbers on it. 
um, you know, so you need so many half square triangles, you need so many of this, you need so many of that. And I think in my head, I translated the number of half square triangles I needed to the number of squares I needed to cut of each color <laughs> that I'm pairing together. So anyway, what I ended up doing is I decided I'd started to cut these squares that I thought I needed. And then I, I just, as soon as I realized all that, I stopped myself and I said, okay, I'm not gonna cut anymore. What I'm gonna do is sew together what I've got. And then I'm just gonna see where I'm at. <laughs> I'm gonna put the units together. Bag doing any math whatsoever. I just, you know, I don't have the concentration right now I can't keep a thought in my head, which doesn't bode well for writing a paper, but that's a whole other issue. Um, so I'm sewing together the half square triangles and the, the method I'm using, um, because it is scrappy, so I can't do any of the methods that have, you know, you're doing whole strips at once or you're doing a whole bunch at a, a time, I'm having to do these as units. So I take two uh, five inch squares together, you know, right sides facing, and then I sew a seam a quarter inch off either side of the center and then I cut down the center and I've got two half square triangles. That's the method I'm using. It's actually going really fast because um, rather than marking any of the lines or any of that kind of stuff, you often have to, you know, one of the methods is you draw that center line so you know what you're sewing down. I'm using the Clearly Angles uh, sheet on my, for my sewing machine. It's a, um, oh, what's the, it's, you know, the plastic that's kind of tacky clear plastic that's tacky that sits down on your, um, you put it onto your sewing bed and it's got angles drawn on it. So all I have to do is line up those two squares correctly and just keep the point of the square along one line and just run it up and it, it does the quarter inch, you know, my needle is automatically on that quarter inch seam. Um, I wouldn't do that. I don't think I'd use that technique if I had cut my uh, squares exactly to size and so I had no margin for error. What I'm doing is I'm using five inch squares because I had a lot of them already. And I need my, um, in order for these half square triangles to be, it would be five and seven eighths. And so I've already got a little bit of a margin of error. Um, so I'm able to, when I cut my half square triangles, then I'm able to cut them down to the four and a half inch triangle size that I need or square, I guess. Um, that I need. And so every one of these is finishing super accurate because I'm just trimming them down to size, which is really nice. Uh, it does take a little bit longer than to do all that trimming, but I'm not as worried about accuracy. Um, so that's that's been going pretty quickly. I'm about halfway done with those now. Um, and then once I get those done, I can actually put the blocks together. I have mentally released myself from the thought that I would actually have this quilt completely finished by the time of the wedding. Um, we're giving them something else, another gift for the wedding anyway. And I think I'm just going to put in a card, you're still getting a gift. It's coming, <laughs> you know, and just as long as I get it done sometime before Christmas, I'll be happy. Um, but that being said, I do want to get it done. I don't want this thing hanging over my head. So even though I've mentally released myself from that, I do still intend to keep myself, you know, really plugging away at it. Um, the cruel embroidery, um, I am, like I said, I'm still doing a little bit. The, I just finished another flower on my embroidery design. I'm not as happy with this flower as I was on the first one. Um, partly, partly it was the, the colors I think I chose. I'm not super jazzed by, eh, they're okay. But it was also um, the first flower I did, I used a chain stitch, a very, a fairly tight chain stitch. And I just loved the way that looked as a finished 
flower and it was really easy to work it around the curves and everything. The flower I just did, I used a stem stitch and you would think that would fill in even better, but I, I just don't like the look as well. Um, so I'm about to start a new flower and I'm, I'm back to thinking I'm gonna do a chain stitch again. Um, might do something else, but I think I'm gonna do a chain stitch. What I'm having fun playing with now is I bought a few um, little skeins. They're, I mean, they're just little skeins, not full skeins of hand-dyed cruel embroidery yarns from a shop on Etsy. And um, they're variegated, they're very pretty. They're not as bright as I thought they were gonna be. Um, they looked a lot brighter on my computer than what they are in person, but they're still pretty. So I'm starting to use some of those. And so it's kind of, it's just fun to see how the variegations work out as you're doing these different embroidery stitches. Uh, the other thing I'm doing though, that I did want to talk about for any of you who are doing any sort of embroidery, um, or, well, I don't know if you would, you would be able to use this as a quilting hoop. I think the biggest one they have is maybe 12 inches. I have bought a, um, an embroidery hoop that's a lap stand embroidery hoop from Morgan Products, M-O-R-G-A-N Products. And um, this was recommended in Myra Wood's bead embroidery craftsy class. Uh, she uses it and she talks about it there. And I just, when I saw her using it, I thought, boy, that could be really useful. What it is, it's a seven inch and a nine inch embroidery hoop. So it's two hoops and then there's legs that attach the two of them. So depending on which size hoop you need, your um, project is in the one hoop and the other hoop then acts as a base. So it sits on your lap. And what that means is your hands free. You can use both of your hands for the embroidery because you're not trying to hold the hoop, the single hoop in one hand while you're stitching with the other. Um, I had actually gotten this embroidery hoop, I think right before I went to Boston, but I hadn't pulled it out to try to use it. I was still doing my cruel on my single hoop until this one um, part of the flower I'd been working on was just driving me nuts because it was placed in such a way that my hand kept cramping while I was trying to hold the hoop at the same time as I was trying to help myself pull the stitch through and all that kind of stuff. And so I finally thought, wait a minute, I have this other hoop, let me put it up. And it's been fantastic. So if you're looking for um, a better embroidery hoop solution <laughs> for yourself, um, you might want to check out again it's the morgan products lap stand embroidery hoop and it just sits on your lap so that and um, you can use both hands while you're doing your embroidery so one hand can sit underneath and one above or you can kind of work with them both on top or whatever it's been really helpful i've liked that quite a bit um, in terms of my bag making extravaganza i have kind of wrapped my head back around the fact that yes i'm going to start working on that cosmetics bag again um, the second bag in the Annie Unrhyme class, because I would really, one, I'd like to just be able to call that class done. And two, I do have the kit and I've got fabrics that I'd set aside out of my stash to make that bag. And I just need to get them off my cutting table. So I, I do want to finish that bag. Um, I'm planning on trying to do that over the next week or so. You know, this is really my crunch time in terms of both classes because um, I'm finishing up the paper for my summer class but my fall class actually starts this week, so I've got a week of overlap. So I don't know how much time I'm actually going to be able to spend at my sewing machine, but that's the project I really want to work on when I do. Um, so to that end, I did finally bite the bullet and I bought myself what 
what's the Teflon foot for a Janome machine is not called a Teflon foot. It's called the Ultra Glide foot, and it's but it's basically the same thing. It's a presser foot that's coated in such a way that it's supposed to make it a lot easier to work with vinyl. And when it comes down to it, all of the grief I had with that everything in its place bag, the first bag I did with any Unrind, really came down to that vinyl. It wasn't the zippers, it wasn't anything else about the bag, it was that stinking vinyl. And I had done a couple of workarounds to avoid buying a Teflon foot, and I kept saying I didn't want to buy a Teflon foot because the only thing I'd ever use it for was using vinyl, and I don't intend to make too many bags that involve vinyl. It, well, at the time, I didn't want to ever make another bag again that involved vinyl. Um, now I've kind of gotten over myself a little bit with that. But what mostly pushed me over the edge was realizing that Ultra Glide foot actually wasn't that expensive. I was expecting, I guess maybe I'd, at one point I'd looked up a Teflon foot and it was like 40 bucks. So I do not want to spend that much on a Teflon foot for something I'm only going to use once in a great while. Well, when I looked up for the Janome 6600, which is what I've got, the Ultra Glide foot was actually only something like $11. Uh, so I decided, well, to heck with it. That's <laughs> That would be worth it if it can save me the grief. Uh, so I, I have that now. I have not actually had a chance to start working on that cosmetics bag. So I'll let you know if that solves my issues uh, with vinyl. So that's where the bag making stands. Um, and then in terms of craftsy classes, like I said, I did finish watching Myra Wood's bead embroidery. I'm not doing any bead embroidery right now. I'm not planning on adding any beads to the Cruel because I would need bigger beads for that and I don't have any. So I'm just doing the Cruel Project as a Cruel Project. I am starting to ponder another embroidery um, project that might involve some beads. Um, a friend sent me some beads that I'm very appreciative of and they're gorgeous. So I'm just kind of pondering some things I might do with those beads as well as the collection <laughs> of beads I've been amassing as well. Um, so that's that's kind of in the uh, processing stage, I guess I would say. I did also start, when I finished the bead embroidery class, I started watching Allie Aller's Crazy Quilt class, which I've owned for a while. And I don't think I'm gonna do a Crazy Quilt project right now. I mostly bought it at the time because it also included some embroidery and I thought it might have some ideas of some other types of embroidery stitches. I do love Crazy Quilts and someday I would love to make one. That's just not something that's gonna be on my radar real soon. So what I'm probably gonna do, I'm finishing watching the class cause like it, it does still have embroidery stitches. Um, nothing new, but mostly new ways of combining the stitches I already know and into some neat new designs. Uh, but it's, you know, so I'll probably end up doing a review of it without actually doing any projects from the class, which is fine. Um, it is a very good class. I, I am enjoying watching what she does and how she does it. It's great information. I did also, um, Gretchen of 120 Blocks blog hit me at a weak point. <laughs> she had posted a review of Allie Aller's book, um, which I believe is just called Crazy Quilting. And she posted the review of it sometime around the end of July, but I think I read it when I was already in Boston. And I was feeling at the moment, it was really late at night. <laughs> and and I was feeling kind of overwhelmed by everything I was experiencing at school. And I had ordered even more books for the class that I was taking. 
And I, I guess, you know, I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself and needed to get a little quilty on. So after reading her review, I went and just tossed that crazy quilting book right into my cart. Um, and so I do have it. I haven't been able to spend a lot of time looking through it yet. Um, I keep looking at it on my coffee table thinking, oh, I need to pick that up and look at it. And then I get involved in doing something else. Um, I did flip through it and I, I think I really like it, but I will say, um, I'll try to remember to post a link to Gretchen's review of it on my blog um, so that you can read her review because she did a really nice job with it. So Gretchen, you are now officially an enabler, but <laughs> I will say, again, Allie Aller certainly knows what she's talking about and between the class and the book, if I do get to making a crazy quilt anytime soon, I will feel like I really know what I'm doing. Okay, let me do some listener feedback for the first time in a long time. Okay, thank you to Katie from Quilting Daydreams who posted on my Craftsy Class review of Zip It Up Easy Techniques for Zippered Bags with Joan Hawley. And she said that I inspired her to make two pencil pouches for her little bears. She says, it was my first zipper experience and I kept saying, if Sandy can do it, I can do it. So thanks. <laughs> and yes, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, I did reply back to Katie and ask if she had actually posted pictures of her pencil pouches. I didn't remember. I follow her blog, Katie. I follow your blog and I didn't remember seeing the pictures of the pouches. So make sure you let me know um, if you did post them. But yes, the those zippered pouches are really easy, um, especially in that class, zip it up. So definitely if you've been, if you're at all leery of doing zippers, that would be the class I would suggest you take um, because she takes all the anxiety right out of it. Uh, thank you to Kati for her comment on my AQS Quilt Week Syracuse blog, and she said she watched the YouTube video on the Roland Ruler, and she says, totally not blame you for buying it. It's such a cool tool. And yes, it is. I actually, um, I did use it when I was making, oh, I haven't posted on my blog about this. I need to do this. I had a very quick finish this week of a little felted wool mug rug that I made for a friend of mine um, as a birthday gift. Her birthday is the day after mine and I needed to make circles and I used my rolling ruler. Uh, thank you to Jennifer and Indy for her comment again on the zip it up easy techniques. I'm sorry I don't have these organized by blog post. Typically I do that and I didn't do it this time but she says she's been a fan of lazy girl pattern for a long time and she's made two of the three bags that I made plus two or three other purse patterns. Uh, she made her mom a Nikita bag, which was one of the bags in the Zip It Up class. And she says her mom uses it as her go bag and it stays with her travel sewing machine. It fits a six by four inch ruler, some thread, bobbin, seam ripper, and a few other sewing essentials perfectly. Someday, maybe I will get around to making one of those for myself too, Jennifer says. Um, yeah, I really like that Nikita bag. I haven't, it's sitting in my bag to take to my next quilt guild meeting for show and tell, so I haven't actually used it for anything yet. Um, but I do really like it a lot. If Of all the three bags in the class, that's the one I would make again. Uh, thank you to Jackie for her comment also on my Quilt Week Syracuse, and she says, yes, it is hard to find just the right fat quarters, but she was envying the ones I have, so I commented back that if indeed I have done my math incorrectly, I can probably send her those fat quarters, because as it turns out, I didn't need them. Um, 
comment. Thank you to Carol uh, on Crafty Class Review on the Zip It Up again. She said, now this I could handle. I always get these grand ideas to make bags, but never do it. These look easy enough and quick enough, and a Crafty Class will give me the push. I need it. Next sale, I may look this one up. Thanks for the review. And Carol, yes, I would say these were easy and fast. And I could have done them much faster than I did. It was just because I know I am prone to making stupid mistakes sometimes, not always, but a lot. <laughs> that <laughs> One thing about turning 50, you get a lot better at admitting when you can be stupid. Um, but in any case, I, I was just really very intentionally going slow. But if I hadn't been that intentional, um, I could have probably had that class, the whole class, all three bags done in a weekend, easy. Um, so I would highly recommend that. Uh, thank you again to Kati on AQS Quilt Week Syracuse, and she particularly liked the embroidery cottons, and yes, they were gorgeous. And to Kati, boy, Kati, you commented a lot this week, thank you. Um, she wanted to know, this was on the Zip It Up uh, blog post, she wanted to know if the bags were lined or the seams were exposed. She couldn't tell from the pictures. Um, so the runaround bag, which I want to keep calling the runaway bag, the runaround bag and the Dakita bag didn't really have exposed seams. The runaround bag I don't think has any exposed seams because it is completely lined. The Nikita bag, the way you do it, you actually kind of roll it into a tube. So the um, zipper is sewn onto two short ends and as it's wound red. Okay, not explaining it well. Just know that there is no seam in the center of that bag. <laughs> it's one piece of fabric. The seams are on the two ends, the boxy ends, and they're not even really visible. And you zigzag stitch over the end of them to kind of finish them off. So in the Nikita bag, there's no issue with the seams. The uh, Bendy bag, the third bag of the class, there's a corner that you fold into the middle to give it stability so it'll stand up. Um, I haven't used the bag yet to know whether that corner will bother me. I don't, it's pretty small and I think it's enough out of the way that it wouldn't really interfere with the, the bag. Um, there isn't a specific lining in that bag. Both, both of those bags are sort of self-lined. You know, you kind of put your fabrics together and then create it out of that set of fabrics. Um, and Kati does say, if you want an easier lined bag pattern without the bending type of zipper, let me know. I can send you a link to a YouTube tutorial. Um, I have actually, I've saved several links on zipper type pouches and bags. Um, there's a lot of them out there. I would certainly, if, if people want to leave comments with links to their favorite, please do, because there may be a lot of other people who are also looking for them. Um, Right now I'm not making any more zipper pouches uh, at the moment because I want to get that cosmetics bag done, but I do strangely have a collection of zippers that I need to use up. So I will be making a lot of zipper pouches and such in my future. Uh, thank you, Kati. Uh, thank you to Quirky Quilter for leaving um, her comment on that same post about Zip It Up. She says she's made many runaround bags, shorten the strap and it makes a cute hip bag for little girls, especially for travel. As soon as the little girl in my family gets old enough to have a purse, <laughs> I will probably make her one. My great niece, not quite old enough yet to want to give her a strap to wear around her neck. Um, but she's getting there. She turns two in November. 
thank you to Kelly who sent me an email because she is a new listener and I was very excited to hear from her. So hello, Kelly, welcome to Quilting for the Rest of Us. And she told me a little bit about herself in the email. Um, and we have, uh, I sent her an email back. So Kelly, if you're listening to this, I know Kelly is another one that is insane enough to want to start at the beginning and listen to all of them. <laughs> so I told her to make sure she's listening to the recent ones as well, because that's where we talk about the fun things like the giveaways and challenges. Um, so if you are actually listening to this, Kelly, welcome. And um, make sure you respond to my email because I did email you back. So that is all the feedback for this week's episode. Um, and it feels good to be talking back to you again. Thank you for being patient with me over the last few weeks as I wasn't really responding back to people. I did go and respond to comments on my blog this week too. I'm really gonna try to be better at that because that's something I can kind of do a little bit at a time even when I get busy. So it's just a matter of burning it into my brain to check that and make sure I do it. So that is it for this episode. You know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, and Flickr, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts with a Y and a Z. Also on Craftsy, although you still can't search for people by their username. You can also follow uh, Quilting for the Rest of Us on Facebook or like the page. You can follow, you can <laughs> join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do love to see your pictures and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you will find links for all of those things at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 